Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going good. Excited to get into this episode. Yeah, me too, man. All right. Today, we are back by popular demand with yet another mock draft. If you haven't listened to the first one yet, be sure to check it out. Unlike last time, Trent and I have actually already drafted our teams. We want to be able to provide better, more thorough analysis of each pick without feeling rushed. So, in today's episode, we are going to be taking you guys through our latest mock draft, round by round, to discuss our picks and strategies. Trent had the first pick, and I had the 10th. So, Trent, why don't you kick us off with the number one overall pick in this mock draft? Yeah, so with my first pick, I decided to go with Christian McCaffrey. I think he's kind of a no-brainer at this spot. He was the number one player uh, for running backs last year. He dominated the whole season. And I don't really like going with anyone else with that number one pick. Um, you can consider maybe guys like Saquon or Zeke. I wouldn't stretch for a wide receiver with Michael Thomas. I think Chris McCaffrey is the safest number one pick uh, to go with this year. Yeah, I mean, I think we all knew where you were going with that one. Uh, if you're taking anyone besides Chris McCaffrey, uh, we're going to have serious question marks for you there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So with my first round pick, I actually – stretched a little bit in some people's opinions and went with Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. And I took him over the likes of DeAndre Hawkins, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones, who are actually all still on the board because this first round was really running back heavy. You had guys like Kenyon Drake go seventh overall. Um, Derrick Henry went fifth overall. Kamara went third before Zeke. So it definitely was an interesting draft. Uh, People were Clearly, they've been listening to our podcast where we've been saying you need to stress taking running backs early because of the lack of depth there is. But yeah, um, I wanted to ensure that I got an elite running back with my first round pick. So I went with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I think this was definitely the first time nine out of the 10 top picks went running backs. Um, It was a pretty interesting draft. I was surprised that Dalvin Cook uh, dropped to eight in this scenario as well. Oh, yeah, me too. And Dalvin Cook wouldn't have gone if the person we were picking with uh, wasn't on auto pick by that point. Dalvin Cook still could have been on the board. It's absolutely crazy that he fell that far. Absolutely. All right, so moving on, we have my second round pick, which is the, which is the third pick in the second round. And I was able to scoop an elite receiver here. Made me happy with my first round pick in Josh Jacobs. I partnered him with Julio Jones, who somehow fell to the third pick in the second round. I haven't seen that happen in a long time. Julio Jones is a top three fantasy receiver for me this year. I mean, he's got, he's got enormous potential in this Falcons offense, which is always explosive, and I loved pairing him with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, absolutely. I was shocked that Julio Jones dropped that far, but it was because running backs were stretched for – I mean, I don't know if it was a stretch, but they were really emphasized in that first round, and the top-tier wide receivers um, fell to – a little bit later in the second round than they usually do. So uh, that was a great pickup for you. Yeah, thank you. All right, Trent, who'd you go with, with your second round pick? Yeah, I mean, and even before I get to that, a couple of things to note that happened uh, in the second round before I picked with the last pick in the second round. Uh, Miles Sanders moved up in the pre-draft rankings over the last week. He went 16th uh, in this draft. And Juju was actually drafted 18th overall, which Jeff and I were talking about earlier was the highest we've seen him go this season. Yeah, and you had the likes of Nick Chubb fall to the eighth pick in the second round and having people take guys like Miles Sanders and Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler over him when I know 
there are people out there who think Nick Chubb could even be a top three fantasy running back this year. So this definitely was a very interesting draft to start out. Yeah, it wasn't conventional mock draft that, you know, if you go into a room, you're going to experience. Um, but it was some good practice uh, with totally different scenarios. Um, so with my last or with the last pick in round two, um, I decided to go out and get a, a wide receiver. I hadn't drafted one yet. And it really didn't matter if I went who I went with this pick. I have the first pick in the third round. So you could flip flop these any way you wanted. But with the 24th overall pick, I went with Kenny Galladay. Uh, I took him over the likes of DJ Moore and maybe Allen Robinson and Amari Cooper. I really like Kenny Galladay having hopefully a healthy Matthew Stafford back this season um, and the, hopefully a full season with Matthew Stafford and Call- Kenny Galladay connected. Yeah, I mean, I love that pick. You and I are both really high on Galladay. The only guy I would consider taking him over, uh, taking over him, sorry, that was left on the board, was DJ Moore, and he did end up going right after your next pick, which we'll talk about uh, in a second. But I love the Galladay pick. He's got an enormous ceiling. Yeah, I really like uh, what he did last season, even with uh, – you know, guys like David Blatt, quarterback. Um, so I'm expecting big things from them this season. And then with the first round, or first pick in the third round, I decided to grab my second running back. I went with a guy that I talked about in a couple previous episodes and pretty high on this season. I think he's going to get a workhorse type of load. And that's Leonard Fournette for the Jacksonville Jaguar, Jaguars. I think they're going to run him into the ground uh, probably his final year there as a Jacksonville Jaguar. So I'm pretty excited to see what, uh, what production he can put up this season. Yeah, I mean, the Jaguars are going to suck. There's no way to go around that. Um, but they do have a couple of elite weapons on their team. I know Trent is rather fond of Gardner Minshew. We both love DJ Chark. And I think Leonard Fournette has the talent to be a top 10 running back in this league. He showed it over the last couple of years while he struggled with some inconsistencies. We know that he is he has that elite potential. And I really, to start this offseason, I wasn't that high on Fournette because Jacksonville did state their intentions to let him walk in next free agency, but this is a contract year for them. It seems like they're going to run him into the ground. Like Trent said, I love the value got at his ADP Trent. Yeah. I'm really excited to add him to my team and let's move on to your next picture. Yes. So I scooped another running back uh, who a couple people will consider washed or are concerned about, but I love his potential with the 10th pick in the third round. I went with Todd Gurley and I took him over the likes of Chris Carson David Johnson, and Robert Woods. Uh, Robert Woods, I love having him in drafts. You don't know that. I think I took him in the last mock draft. He's always either my wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Um, I love his potential in the Rams offense this year. And then Carson and David Johnson, they're pretty much the same player, in my opinion, from a fantasy perspective this year. Uh, and their ceilings, they're relatively the same. They're both banged up. I just love Todd Gurley's potential. We know he has running back one. Uh, potential he showed that with the Rams and we think he's healthy we've heard great news about him coming out of uh, Atlanta uh, in terms of physical and his health in regards to that and I just love his potential with his Falcons offense so yeah I went with Gurley yeah I mean Gurley was the other guy uh, I was considering taking with the first pick in this round so the fact that you got him with the 10th pick in round three was you know really great value for you Um, I think you made the right choice um, over guys like Carson and David Johnson, I, I think they have a really good season. Yeah, absolutely. And then moving on to my fourth round pick with the third pick in the fourth round, I scooped up my second wide receiver and I was really tempted to go running back here again, but I couldn't pass up on Corlin Sutton in the fourth round. I love Sutton in this Denver offense. I know Trent and I are both really high on the Broncos this year from a real 
life and a fantasy perspective. Um, Sudden, I think the addition of Judy is really only going to help him by drawing double teams away from Corlin Sudden. And uh, as he and Drew Locke continue to build a better rapport, the, um, the sky's the limit for Corlin Sutton in this offense. And I did take him over the legs of Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon, who were honestly both pretty enticing at that position. But if Corlin, Sutton, if Corlin Sutton's going to fall to me in the early fourth, I think I have to scoop him. Yeah, I think it was smart to I mean, you know, grab your second wide receiver, fill that wide receiver two spot. I think he's going to have a solid season with Drew Locke. Uh, I'm pretty high on him, just like you. I think our biggest question mark is you know, how much – of an impact does Jerry Judy have on Cortland Sutton's workload? Uh, other than that, though, there's, there's no questioning uh, his skill and his strong relationship with Drew Locke. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Trent, so why don't we get into your next two picks? Yeah, so uh, at, at this point in the draft, I have Christian McCaffrey at my RB1, Leonard Fournette's my RB2, and Kenny Galladay's my uh, wide receiver one. So I decided I, I was going to fill up my wide, wide receiver two slot here. There were a few guys on the board I, I was to consider. Keenan Allen, DJ Chark, Kyle Lockett, DK Metcalf. It's, it's a good bunch of wide receivers that were left on the board. And I was surprised with the last pick in the fourth round. I was able to scoop Keenan Allen, who arguably season in and season out, puts up top 10 wide receiver numbers every single year. Uh, so I, I was shocked. I mean, I know he's got a new quarterback on the Chargers this year, but I definitely couldn't pass up on Keenan Allen on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I love Keenan Allen. I tweeted about him uh, earlier this week. He's had three straight years with 97-plus catches. The man is an absolute monster. I don't care who's throwing the ball, to be completely honest with you. I think either Herbert or Tyra Taylor could do just fine. Phillip Rivers wasn't particularly phenomenal this last year. Uh, Keenan Allen, really, when it comes down to it, if you're, a elite, if you're an elite receiver, you find the way to get the job done even if you have a poor quarterback. Look at what Kenny Galladay did with David Blatt this year, for an example. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thought process I have with him. I think Keenan Allen, he's skillful enough um, to work with whatever situation he's put in, and he's going to put up some pretty good numbers this season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Trent, so who'd you take with that next pick? Yeah, so in round five, I had the first pick, and I was going to fill up my flex position. I think the guy I really wanted in this slot, or with my last round in pick four, was going to be Devin Singletary. Sadly, he was snagged uh, with a 45th pick in the draft. So I you know, took an audible. I decided to go wide receiver for my flex, which is not usual for me. I always try to go three running backs in the first four or five rounds. And with that uh, flex slot, I decided to fill it with DJ Chark. As you mentioned earlier, he's one of the two or three elite offensive weapons in that Jaguars offense. He has a strong connection with Gardner Minshew. And he really showed off his explosiveness last season. Yeah, I mean, I love Chark. Uh, we all know that he's got enormous potential with the Jaguars, especially as he and Minshew continue to build a good rapport. Um, he had a bit of a breakout year this year, but he could easily post uh, steady progressions like 1,200 yards, double-digit touchdowns. I think they're all attainable goals for Chark in this offense this year, just because the Jaguars are going to be playing from behind so much. We could see him sneak into the top 10 as a fantasy receiver even. Absolutely, and I think he has that high upside, and I really like taking him with that first pick in round five. Absolutely. All right, so moving on for my next two picks. Looking at my team, as of now, we have Josh Jacobs and Todd Gurley as my running back core, and Julio Jones and Corlin Sutton filling out the wide receiver corps. So this is a pretty ideal for me. I do like to try to fill out my top four 
heading into round five. So I have my choice of a running back or a wide receiver for flex. And I took a guy at flex that I love to snag in mock drafts and in real drafts so far. It's Stephon Diggs. I took him over the likes of Jarvis Landry, and I was actually considering Darren Waller here, but I thought there was a chance he might slide to me in the sixth round, so I passed on him there. I just love Diggs' potential in this Buffalo offense. Finally, he gets to be the true number one wide receiver on a team that's going to make the playoffs. And Josh Allen, I'm really high on him as a quarterback. I may have drafted him later on. We'll get to that. Uh, But from a fantasy perspective, Diggs is going to be seeing a ton of targets in this offense. We look at John Brown. I think he got 120-plus targets last year. Diggs could easily surpass that mark this year in Buffalo, and I just love his potential. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Diggs, too. I think he's being put in the right situation. He's finally the um, you know, number one option on an offense. He's got a really good quarterback in Josh Allen. I would pump the brakes a tiny bit on saying they're a lock for the playoffs. I wouldn't say they're, they're for sure in. But I think no matter what, fantasy-wise, Diggs is going to see the touches, he's going to see the targets, and he's going to put up a lot better numbers. You know, we'll have to just agree to disagree on that one because if I'm not mistaken, you said that the Dolphins can make the playoffs this year, which is absolutely outrageous. I think the Buffalo Bills are 100% a lock for the playoffs this, this year. I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC East because, you know, now that Cam Newton's on the Patriots and you have rumors of other free agents trying to sign with them because they just cleared up that cap space. I think it is New England's division to win again, but I think the Bills are going to get a wild card spot at the very least. Hey, I mean, you know, the AFC may be stronger than than uh, people think this year. I, I think that they're going to have a tougher time than than people believe in, in getting fair. the playoffs. You know what? I, I respect it. But moving on uh, to my sixth round pick, I did go with the tight end, and unfortunately, Darren Waller was scooped. But I went with a guy who I might have even taken over Waller at this point, and that's Mark Andrews. I love Mark Andrews. He was tight end five in PPR leagues last year. He saw such a low amount of volume, and his efficiency was incredible. As he and Lamar Jackson continue continue to build a rapport, and he really proves himself as the only reliable receiving threat on that team, I think he's going to take his production to another level. I love getting him in the sixth round. I usually don't take tight ends until later rounds, but if Mark Andrews is going to be there for me in the sixth round, I'm going to take him. Yeah, I'm not that high on Mark Andrews. Um, it's it's not, you know, the situation he's in. I just don't love him as a player. And what's interesting interesting to me is you seem to be very high on Mark Andrews this season, yet you're not that high on Lamar as a throwing quarterback, which I find pretty well, interesting. Well, see, there's a difference. I'm not that high on Lamar's – I'm not that high on Lamar's arm. I do think he still has to throw the ball. And if he's going to throw the ball, I don't think there's – a reliable target on that team besides Mark Andrews. I think a lot of those passes are going to go to Mark Andrews. We'll see. I think Marquise Brown may surprise you, but uh, we only can tell. I hope he does because Marquise Brown has enormous potential, but I just think he's far too inconsistent, but we'll see. Yeah. And to to continue on, you know, I was surprised and something pretty notable to mention is your guy, Dak Prescott was drafted with the pick just after um, your third pick in the sixth round. And I, I could be mistaken, but you think uh, him being drafted, you know, in the sixth round is almost low for I Dak do Prescott. think so. I think that Dak Prescott in the fifth round is honestly good value. Talked about this a lot, but, you know, Dak finished his QB2 last year. 
He's my pick to finish as a top-two quarterback this year. He's in an insanely high-powered offense. He's got a head coach in Mike McCarthy that if you look at what they did in Green Bay, they're going to be throwing the ball so much they're going to score a ton of touchdowns, and Dak is going to have an enormous year. Yeah, I mean, you're high on Dak. I figured it was, it was something to mention for the viewers. I don't think he should be drafted that high, but something to yeah, mention. Yeah, you know, you know? what? I, I do love Dak, and I think taking him in the fifth or sixth round is reasonable. But for the sake of, uh, of this episode, Mark Andrews was there for me, and I felt like I could still get who I wanted at quarterback with the later pick. Yeah. That's fair. All right, sorry. so moving on, what were your next two picks? Yeah, so with the last pick in round six, uh, currently my team is sitting at Chris McCaffrey, RB1, Leonard Fournette, RB2, Kenny Galladay, wide receiver one, Keen Allen, wide receiver two, and Dia Chark as my flex. I sometimes will go um, maybe a tight end if someone maybe like Darren Waller had dropped for some strange reason. Uh, reason. But I like building my bench. I'm, I'm a big guy on depth. I like being able to um, interchange players week in and week out, especially on their bye weeks. I don't like my team completely dropping off. I like being able to plug in guys. You know, I don't have to worry about a big drop off in numbers. Uh, so with my next pick and the last pick in round six, I went with AJ Green, which I was shocked that he fell to the last pick in the sixth round, which is the 72nd overall pick. I think AJ Green has super high value this season. He has a brand new young quarterback. He sat most of the season last year. So he's going to be fresh and ready to go. And we know that the type of player he is and the damage he can do, if he can if he can, you know, get back into form, he could put up some really big numbers. Yeah, I mean, AJ Green is a phenomenal player. Obviously, he's in the over 30 club now, which doesn't bode well for receivers that rely on athleticism like he does. But if he's able to even get back to 80% of his form, he could easily put up top 20 numbers. And that is great value of where you took him. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I like building that depth. And coming into round seven for the first pick, you know, I have four wide receivers on my team at this point, and I usually never do that. I was I really need to fill um, that gap at the, at the running back spot, or at least on my bench. So I decided, and I was happy to grab uh, Mark Ingram uh, with that 73rd overall pick. I think he's still going to have a strong season this year. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns, just like last year. And I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to take that many touches away from Ingram this season. I think J.K. Dobbins is more of a factor in his sophomore season where they start to really work him in more. So I like taking Mark Ingram, especially this late in the draft, uh, and to stash my bench and plug him in. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens are a run-heavy team. They're a run-first organization. Mark Ingram is automatically going to benefit from that. And I'm with you there, Trent. I think that for the people who believe J.K. Dobbins is going to come in and just take the number one spot away from Mark Ingram, they clearly haven't seen Mark Ingram play and how consistent and efficient he is year in and year out. Yes, he's a year older, but I think this is the year that the Ravens are going to work Mark Ingram in and uh, maybe push J.K. Dobbins into what we saw kind of Kamara had to roll in uh, in New Orleans. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins is not a receiving back, and I'm just talking touches-wise. J.K. Dobbins is going to see a lot more touches as the end of the year comes around, but Mark Ingram is still going to be that number one guy. Absolutely, and I, and I really need to have that, you know, backup running back type of role filled. I think Mark Ingram was a great fit for that position. Yeah, on my team. absolutely. Speaking of running backs, that's actually where I went with my next pick in this draft, which is pick 10 in round seven. I went with James White, and I took him over the likes of Tevin Coleman and Sony Michelle, who might be more appealing 
from a standard point of view, but we do have to point out that we are drafting in a 12-team PPR league, if we did not mention that already. Uh, taking him over Coleman actually was really the tough decision here because as of now, he's the number one running back in one of the best run-first organizations in the NFL. Um, but I went with James White just because I do think the 49ers are going to add another running back and it is going to be more of a committee, even if it's just Coleman, Jared McKinnon, and you have like Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, in there as well. I love James White potential with Cam Newton at quarterback, assuming Newton does win the job. You look at what he did with Christian McCaffrey uh, during CMC's rookie year. He had, I believe, over 100 receptions. And obviously, James White is no Christian McCaffrey, but he is still a top three receiving running back in this league. He's going to get a ton of targets. And in PPR leagues, that's tremendous value at the end of the seventh round. We look at James White. He's a guy who two years ago finished as a top 10 PPR running back. He has that type of ceiling in him. Yeah, everyone knows James White as a PPR running back. No one's going to be drafting him or even considering drafting him this high in a standard league. But when we're talking PPR, and if you watch his Patriots offense, he gets so many drop downs and just pitches. And he's a big guy who gets a lot of his catches all the time. I mean, he's going to get a lot of yards after the catch as well. And for PPR, he's going to rack up those short catches, five yards, but you get a point or a half point, whatever your PPR league is, you're going to get those extra points every time James White gets a catch, and it's really going to rack up. Absolutely. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself, Trent. And moving on to my uh, pick in the eighth round, I did finally go quarterback, and it was Josh Allen. Really, he was the only quarterback at that point in the draft that I would consider taking. You had guys like Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz still on the board, but I think Josh Allen has top five uh, fantasy quarterback potential this year just because he's such a dominant rushing touchdown or not rushing threat but and touchdown threat as well rushing the ball he's a touchdown vulture um, we talked about that uh in one of our more recent draft uh episodes when we we're talking about Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and I think he's going to be better throwing the ball this year he has an established number one guy in um Stefan Diggs I just love Josh Allen in this Bills offense I think they're going to be really tough and I love taking him in the eighth round yeah, I mean, you're really high on Josh Allen. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he may have been able to wait a round to snag Josh Allen, but I'm not sure because quarterbacks did start coming off early in this mock draft. So I don't think it was a bad idea going out, getting your guy, and not having to sweat it out when you're next. Yeah, I mean, around. next time I was going to be picking was 17 picks later, and I just thought, why risk it? Yeah, that's, I mean, like, like, like I said, if you want a guy, don't let him slip. Grab him when you can, and you won't have Absolutely. to sweat it. That's exactly why I took Josh Jacobs with the 10th overall pick. Like you were saying, Trent, when we were actually drafting, I probably could have got him with that second-round pick, but I ended up getting who I was going to take with that first-round pick. Sometimes you just have to go out and get your guy. And usually it will work yeah, out either absolutely. way. Absolutely. All right, Trent, so walk us through your next two picks. Yeah, and just before I, t- I touch upon those picks, I thought it was um, you know, worth mentioning that J.K. Dobbins went here mid round eight, and I took Mark Ingram in the beginning of round seven. So I think it's pretty interesting how high. I and mean, we just talked about people are in J.K. Dobbins, even though both of us don't believe he's going to play that big of a role. This yeah, season. I mean, I I didn't say he was going to play that big of a role. I think he will play a bigger role once the season comes along. But I'll agree with you there, Trent. What was it in the eighth round that he got taken? Yeah, J.K. Dobbins got drafted the 90th overall pick, and Ingram went 73rd Yeah, overall, I mean, so. I, at that point in the draft, I think you have guys like Jordan Howard who are still left on the board who are just 
better fantasy options. Yeah, Jordan Howard, Marlon Mack, Carryon Johnson, Darius guys, guys you could be stuck. Yeah, I definitely right take that. Howard and guys there over him. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so with that uh, last pick in the eighth round, uh, my team is currently sitting at Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, DJ Chark, AJ Green, and Mark Ingram. So my bench is already starting to fill out. And I still haven't touched upon my QB or tight end slots. So I decided to tackle uh, one of those with this uh, last pick in round eight. And luckily, somehow, Hunter Henry uh, slipped to the 96th overall pick. And I, I snagged him. I threw him in my tight end slot. Really happy getting Hunter Henry on my team. I think no matter who's at quarterback on the on the Chargers team, they're going to need a big target to go, go to, someone with secure hands and someone who they can throw high to. Hunter Henry is the perfect safety valve for that offense, and he's going to get a lot of targets. Yeah, I mean, season. like you said, I think that is amazing value for Hunter Henry. He could easily be a top five fantasy tight end this year. As you mentioned, he is going to be the go-to safety valve for whoever's at quarterback in L.A. this year. Absolutely. And, you know, with my next pick, I had the first pick in round nine. I got who a guy who can also be a top 10, top 15 wide receiver and the number one option for his his uh, offense, which is Brandon Cooks. Uh, he's going to possibly the number one target for the Texans this season and maybe Deshaun Watson's favorite target. I was psyched to add him on my team, keep uh, deepening or making my bench a lot deeper and, you know, helping my team out when the uh, uh, postseason comes along. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we talk about Brandon Cooks every single episode, but it's worth mentioning that people are basing his uh, fantasy expectations this year off of last year when he struggled with injuries, which is fair. But if you throw away last year, he put together five straight 1,000-plus yard seasons. And sometimes in situations where he wasn't the obvious number one receiver, he is capable of being that guy. And he's going into a great situation, being Deshaun Watson's favorite number one target, assuming that he can step into that role and take over what DeAndre Hopkins was going uh, with in Houston. And I just love his potential for sure. Yeah, I think Brandon Cooks and Deshaun Watson could really mesh well. I think they're really high IQ players. And when Deshaun Watson's on the move and out of the pocket, Brandon Cooks can find those open spots in the field and get a lot of catches and targets from Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. All right, so moving on, we are near the end of round nine at this point. Uh, Just to give you a brief overview of my team right now, we have Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, and Corlin Sutton, Stephon Diggs at my flex Mark Andrews as my tight end and Josh Allen as my quarterback with James White on the bench, ready to step in if necessary. I'm going to continue building my depth here. As Trent said, he loves to do. I'm going to take a receiver who I think has top 25 fantasy potential this year. And that's Nikhil Harry. We've seen videos of Nikhil Harry this offseason, recently working out with Cam Newton to perfect their chemistry or not perfect their chemistry, but to build chemistry and start working on that but he's perfecting his route running he really has worked on his footwork and his ability to create separation off the line this year which is in reality all that he was lacking you know if you're going to throw the ball up to Nikhil Harry he's going to be able to go up and win a 50-50 ball but what he was really lacking going into the league was the ability to shake some guy with his first couple steps to make a move and his explosiveness was somewhat lacking, and he's been working on that. I love his potential in this New England offense, and I love snagging him at the last uh, couple of picks in the ninth round. 
I think this is a good boom or bust pick. I think we know Nikhil Harry can and has the capability to put up some big numbers this season if he is able to connect with whoever decides to play a quarterback. We know he has the skill. We just don't know if he is, if he has, um, you know, if he's confident enough to start putting up these big numbers. And like I said, if he builds a strong connection with whoever's at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, so moving on with a third pick in the 10th round, I picked up my favorite player to draft this year, and that's Hayden Hurst at his current ADP. You know, I already have a tight end in Mark Andrews, but let's say Mark Andrews got injured. He did struggle with injuries a little bit during last year. I think Hayden Hurst has so much potential in this Falcons offense. You look what Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn did with Austin Hooper the last couple of years. He put up back-to-back 65-plus reception years, uh, and I don't think Austin Hooper is honestly that talented of a receiver. I think Hayden Hurst has a ton of potential. He got stuck behind Nick Boyle and Mark Andrews in Baltimore uh, in that depth chart. And now he's going to get a chance to flourish in Atlanta this year, seeing a bulk of targets from Matt Ryan. And I just love taking him in the 10th round. Yeah. I mean, Hayden Hurst is in a great situation and we know how good Austin Hooper did when he was on the Falcons. Hayden Hurst definitely could put up big numbers and it doesn't hurt to draft a good backup tight end who you never know could slot in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he definitely could. He has that type of potential. All right, so let's move on. What are your next two picks? Yeah, so looking at my team, uh, I have basically every big position filled except quarterback, and I'm three guys deep on my bench. So it's really time to address the quarterback position before it's really too late. The guy I wanted was Drew Brees. He was taking a couple picks before me. I basically had two uh, still top 10 quarterbacks to consider, which were Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford. I decided to go with Aaron Rodgers. He did finish in the top 10 last season. He does have a top five wide receiver on his team. And he's still one of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL. He's still in a decent age where he can still do his thing. His arm is still very strong. And he's one of the smartest, like I said, one of the smartest quarterbacks we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers may be at the end of his prime, but he's still in his prime. And like you said, He's a top five receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. You put those two weapons together, you get a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And that's all you can ask for when you're drafting a QB as late as you were, Trent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, getting Aaron Rodgers uh, in the last, with the last pick of round 10 could yeah, be happier. absolutely. So with the first pick in round 11, I had a lot of options here. I wasn't exactly sure where to go with it. There's a lot of guys I liked uh, in this area. Um, I know I considered guys like John Brown, Latavius Murray to make my running back depth a little bit deeper. I could have gone with another tight end, as we talked about earlier, just to help with that position and also have a possible flex throw in. I decided to go with a guy I just really like this year, which is Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's going to do really well alongside Michael Thomas. He's going to have one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees throwing to him. And I like what Emmanuel Sanders has done in the past. I think he has a second chance to really, uh, you know, showcase his talents in New Orleans. So I had to add him on my team for the just the possibility of him being a consistent maybe 13, 14-point player each Yeah, week. I mean, when you look at Emmanuel Sanders, he might not be a guy that sees 10 targets every year, uh, every game. He could honestly be a guy at his floor, sees four to seven targets a game 
But knowing how high-powered this Saints offense is going to be, he's going to have the opportunity to score an insane amount of touchdowns almost every single time that Saints offense takes the field. And for that reason alone, he has great value at where you drafted him. Absolutely. So who'd you go with the so next picture? So I took a rookie receiver, and I am actually pretty high on a couple of rookie receivers this year. So this is my first one that I took in this draft, and I did go with Justin Jefferson. I actually had my choice between him and Jerry Judy, but you know, knowing the situation in Minnesota with Dalvin Cook, if he actually is going to hold out, Alexander Madison is not going to be able to take over Dalvin Cook's role and be as efficient and be as dominant. Uh, so that leaves uh, the Minnesota Vikings with only one more option, and that's Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw the ball more. And you look at their receiving cores, uh, Stephon Diggs left this year. He went to Buffalo. They traded him. Adam Thielen is healthy. I think Thielen has top 10 fantasy potential this year, but they do need another guy. They drafted Justin Jefferson in the first round. I love his talent. I love what I've been seeing from him this offseason in terms of the work he's been putting in uh, um, in practice and the routes that he's been posting. I love his potential. Um, I love his talent. I just think that, you know, if I'm going to grab a rookie receiver, Justin Jefferson has a ton of potential. Yeah, I think he went with the right rookie receiver in this scenario. Looking at this season, I think Justin Jefferson has the better opportunity to put up bigger numbers. Like you said, Diggs is gone. Someone has to fill that gap. Dalvin Cook, Cook could sit out. So someone has to get these targets that have disappeared. I think Justin Jefferson is that guy. And Jared Judy's in a bit more crowded offense in Denver. So I like what you did here with this 130th yeah, overall pick. Yeah, for sure. All right. And then with my 12th round pick, uh, I talked about Alexander Madison a little bit i went with a handcuff where i think could be just as deadly and that is damian harris sony michelle while we know that he's the number one running back in new england he hasn't been that great over the last year uh he was pretty decent in his rookie campaign but he struggled his yards per carry took a huge hit in 2019 he was playing injured he looked a little overweight and slow at times because we know that bill belichick asked him to put on 15 to 20 pounds in reality when michelle was much more of an explosive player just because the patriots do love having that workhorse back that they can go to i think damian harris fits that mold much better than michelle and just for the fact that michelle had foot surgery surgery earlier this offseason and is a pup candidate heading into the year we honestly don't even know if he's going to be healthy to start out the season damian harris he's going to have his time to shine this year at some point he's going to get the opportunity to get touches and i thought why not take a chance on him in the 12th round yeah i mean there's been a lot of buzz about damian harris this offseason and we know that you know sonny michelle doesn't play and James White is more of a receiving back. Someone has to fill that gap, and Damian Harris would be that guy. And if he gets the opportunity, he could really shine on, on yeah, the big absolutely. stage. I'll tell you this. If Sonny Michelle doesn't play, Rex Burkhead is not going to be a running back one for this Patriots team. Damian Harris is going to step in and take those touches. Yeah, it's time for someone yeah, to step absolutely. in. All right, Trent. So we're getting into the late rounds here, but let's move things along. Who are your next two picks? Yeah, I decided to keep building on that bench a little bit uh, with the last round, uh, last pick in the 12th round. I decided to go with a guy who has the potential to be a starting running back for a team, and that's Sheriff McKinnon. You know, Mostert just announced that he wants to get traded. He's done with the 49ers. People think Kevin Coleman could step in, but we're also pretty high in Jarek McKinnon. We know how well he done the Vikings, and he's getting paid a good chunk of change to, change to be on this 49ers team. So I think Jarek McKinnon could step into a, a bigger role than people believe 
on this 49 Yeah, offense. I mean, the tough thing about McKinnon is that he had a severe ACL tear, and that sent him back two years. And when you're a running back, knee injuries to that degree, and you're missing two years of competitive play, who knows what he's going to look like. He was really shining on Minnesota, uh, playing alongside Dalvin Cook right before he signed with the 49ers and then went down with an injury in the preseason obviously with them during his first year, but he's got a ton of potential. I'd love to see him get healthy and I want him to succeed. Yeah. I, I'm, I was excited to be able to add him with that last pick in round 12 and just build on that running yeah, back. Absolutely. Yeah. So who do you take with that next pick? Yeah. I decided to be the first person to take a, a defense off the board. I went with who I think is, is going to be the best defense fantasy wise this season. I think guys with the likes of Nick Bosa on the 49ers, could put up some some big numbers so I decided to go with the 49ers over every other defense and I think that was the the right team to pick yeah I mean you know we don't really talk about defense uh in our fantasy podcast much just because I prefer to play in leagues where you don't have to uh play with defenses or kickers um I think that's definitely becoming much more the modern style these days but if you're going to take a defense the 49ers are, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best options you can have. Yeah, and, you know, my mindset with it is I think every season there is one defense that breaks out. You never really know who it is, but if you do have that defense and you're playing in a league that that does have defenses and kickers, they can be a lot more valuable than you believe. And the Patriots put up, I think, almost 200 points as a defense last year, which makes a huge difference week in and week out. When your defense is, instead of putting up seven points, it's putting up 15 points. It makes a big difference in defense. That's definitely true. Yeah, I'll give you that. Step. All right, so who'd you go with? Yeah, so I took a backup quarterback uh, because I do have Josh Allen. And I went with the former MVP, the new New England Patriot, Cam Newton. I am assuming that Cam Newton is going to play. And if he does pick up this offense like he has been, boasting that he's been able to do so far i think he's got top 10 fantasy potential and he's a guy that you know josh allen starts to slump maybe i can even slide cam newton in to replace him at this point uh the only other option i was really looking at was taking larry fitzgerald who i know trent is insanely high on and you actually might have drafted him but i'm not positive later on uh but for me you know as a patriots fan i am a little biased and i want to see cam succeed but i also think that he's got a ton of fantasy upside yeah, to touch upon a few things, I did not snag Larry Fitz. Wish I did, but I already had so many wide receivers on my bench. It was not the time or place for me to take Larry Fitz. But going with that Cam Newton pick, I really do like it. I think if he is the starting corner quarterback for a full season, we know the, the numbers he can put up, and he could easily be slotted in even over guys like Josh Allen if he's putting up those old Cam Newton numbers. So it can't hurt to draft Cam Newton in the 13th round and just stash Absolutely. Him on my thoughts exactly. And moving on to my next pick, which is my final positional player. I went with a guy who we touched upon a little bit um, in our mailbag Twitter Q&A. That's Denzel Mims. Uh, I believe a couple of people were saying that um, when I've talked to them, were saying that they believe he can be the top rookie PPR receiver this year. And honestly, in this Jets offense, I don't see why he can't do it. I think there's a great value at taking him in the 14th, 13th round where he is at his current ADP. I take him over guys like Paris Campbell and Brandon Ayuk, who are same build, young receivers with a lot of potential. I just think Mims has more potential as a redraft candidate uh, in this year. 
Yeah, I mean, Denzel Mims can definitely see those targets that you were talking about. There are a couple of decent wide receivers on this Jets team, but no one that's crazy good. No one that can really overshadow him that much. And we don't know how he could perform. He, like, like in the mailbag episode, he could be a number one option for this team. We have no idea. And Sam Darwin could build a strong connection with Mims over the offseason. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are a mess, and I don't really love owning any of their players in fantasy this year. But if I'm going to take a chance on someone in the fourth round, in the 14th round, sorry, why not? Uh, why not have it be Denzel Mims? Yeah. And uh, before you touch on your last two picks, Trent, I'll just touch on mine really quick because they were a defensive kicker. I took the Bucks defense, and I took Chris, Chris Boswell as a kicker to round on my team. I don't have much to say about them because I'm not really a believer as I said earlier, and playing with defenses and kickers. But, yeah, that's what I went with. And, Trent, why don't you touch upon your last picks now? Yeah, so with my last pick in the 14th round, uh, I went with Harrison Bucker. I think he's about the second-best kicker in the league. He's on the most high-powered offense in the league who's going to score the most points. Seems like a a no-brainer for me to to have that kicker from the Kansas City Chiefs. So I did go with Harrison Bucker uh, to fill my kicker slot. And then – uh, with the first pick in the 15th round, I've already filled my defensive and kicker slots. So now I'm looking at more positional players to stash my bench. I went with a guy I think I actually drafted in the last uh, mock draft we did uh, on the rollout. And I went with Alan Lazard. Uh, I think I might have taken him roughly in the same spot last time. We know that Aaron Rodgers has to be able to throw to someone else other than Devontae Adams. Someone has to step up. And it seems like Alan Lazard could be that guy who could be a wide receiver, too, on this Green Bay offense. So I went with Alan Lazard there. And with my final pick, uh, it's the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. I decided to go with a tight end. I went with Irv Smith Jr. Uh, from the Minnesota Vikings. He put up some pretty pretty, pretty decent numbers as a rookie last year. Uh, he is behind Kyle Rudolph in that offense. Rudolph is also aging, and they lost to Fawn Diggs. So I could see Irv Smith's role. Um, getting a little bit bigger, and he's it's his sophomore season. He has some more experience. He's had more time to connect connect with quarterback Kirk Cousins. So I didn't mind drafting Irv Smith Jr. with the last yeah, pick. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that those are two pretty solid picks with high potential with your last two picks, Trini. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was glad yeah, to snag him. For sure. And that's going to be a wrap on this episode of The Rollout. Before we head out, we actually have a really exciting announcement to make. Starting very soon, our podcast will be published by The Breakdown, which is the company that Trent and I currently write for. Check out their website for all types of awesome sports content. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this second installment of our mock draft series. We hope to make it a thing moving forward. I think this definitely flowed a little bit smoother and will probably go the same way when we do it again. As always, we'll be back Thursday with another episode. Stay safe out there, everyone.